Hello, Tile friends, and welcome back to another episode of Tile Money. This is the only podcast that is dedicated to talking strictly about the business of being a contractor and specifically a tile contractor. That is my trade. That is my background. I'm a licensed tile contractor in the state of California. My name is Luke Miller, your host, and I am pleased to be with you today uh, bringing another interview for your uh, pleasure and your knowledge. And I'm pleased that it's helping. You're letting me know that these interviews are helping and this podcast is helping. So we're going to get into it uh, after I take a minute to thank my sponsors. I want to thank the NTCA for backing this podcast and supporting me. And uh, they they see a need to support the tile contractors. That's, that's their main focus. They offer a lot of benefits. If you're not familiar with them, check out the interview I did with Jim Olson back in September of 2019. And you can learn more about the NTCA uh, through that or, or go to their website, which is in the show notes, friends. All right, I also want to thank Ladycrete International. Ladycrete has been supporting me from day one. They're, they're a huge believer in the Tile Money podcast because they're on social media. They see the impact it's having and, and they understand the great need that small businesses have to be supported and to uh, help increase awareness and knowledge. So thank you, Ladycrete, for supporting us. So we've got another great interview we're going to get to here with Brian Sebring. Brian is uh, uh, out of the Chicago area and he's got a great business. I stumbled across his website. We really focus on that. We talk a lot about his website, about his complete transparency thought process and why it works and how it works and and why he shows his prices right on his website uh, for remodeling a bathroom, uh, remodeling different things. He's a remodel contractor. He uses subs. So we talk about that relationship and how uh, if those of you out there who are looking for contractors, we discuss how you can kind of, you know, look for a good contractor, different types of things. You can build that relationship up. So I know uh, there's a lot more nuggets, a lot more good tidbits in today's episode. I know you're going to enjoy this interview right now. Yeah, I'm Brian Sebring. Uh, we're out of Naperville, Illinois. Um, and we do design, build, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, additions, even some new construction, but mostly remodeling. Um, we, if, if you're asking about COVID, uh, in Illinois, everything kind of just stopped. Right. Um, they did make it an essential business, but the building departments wouldn't give you your permit or inspect. So basically, we're done. So we still have a few building departments that still will not open. Wow. They won't come to the job. They won't come to the house. Um, it's actually giving the homeowner some thought about doing non-permitted work, which we're not we're not really you know about. But they're uh, making it very difficult to to try to convince homeowners to wait and wait and wait. So, um, yeah, we're working now. We you know we didn't stop, but we probably only had one or two projects going on. I have a staff of twelve, um, about thirteen. So everyone in the office as of March 14th all went home. We all set up, I set up everyone up with uh, laptops and uh, estimator designers were doing remote consultations, even though those tended to be not very good. Um, and the leads dropped off quite a bit. Now they've picked up significantly and we're going back out to people's houses, you know, with masks um, and social distancing when, when we can. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the biggest thing right now is that we're just trying to um, get some stuff. I mean, we've got work, mm-hmm. but the people that at the end, the people that were about to sign decided to um, wait, mm-hmm. and they're still on the fence. And so, what's going to happen? It's all going to come down at once. And I've I've warned them that, 
And the industry now is very busy. Like, you know, they're doing two and a half months now. They weren't doing any work. So um, now everyone's swamped. So um, we'll see. We'll see. The Chicago region, Illinois, period, is not a, I mean, it's a very, very, very competitive market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, two years ago, uh, I actually read an article that said that everyone is leaving Illinois. <laughs> they're, uh, it was the second highest migrated state besides Alaska. So more people are leaving Illinois to the surrounding states and to warmer climates because the taxes keep going up higher and higher. And um, it's cold here. There's, it's not like it's California where it's beautiful weather and the taxes are high. I thought um, so, I thought a lot of people were leaving California. I, I would have thought that would have been second or first. They probably are. Um, the, the biggest in California is beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And you have, you, if it's a beautiful, I mean, if you ever lived through a winter in Illinois, it's, I'm sure like Minnesota and Wisconsin's worse, but Illinois is pretty bad. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so a lot of people are leaving. Um, and so thus it's uh, even more competitive. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what, yeah, I just have a feeling that a lot of people are going to move out of, Chicago into the suburbs or go past the suburbs, go to other states. Right. But um, we definitely are starting to see that. I'm getting calls in the last few weeks of people moving out to the suburbs from the city. Okay. So it's always the case, but it feels like it's going to have an uptick. We'll, we'll see what happens. So what are you, what are you doing to kind of prepare? You know, you said the phones are ringing, things are going to pick up. Uh, there's a, like a floodgate, right? Is that kind of what you insinuated? You, you're you're kind of visioning or, or kind of seeing, foreseeing, I should say. Um, are you doing anything to prepare? Are you, are you looking for help? Are you, you know, trying to schedule people far out? Or what? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely trying to, we've always not had a huge backlog. And that just was our company. We could start projects quickly, finish them quickly. You know, we we're always filling that pipeline and getting started really quick. So obviously we're probably going to have a little bit of a backlog once we, once it all hits. Yeah. Uh, but we have, I'm a company that allows for the expansion and contraction of a, of a, a uh, slow market and a, fa- and a fast market, if you know what I mean. So sure. we, because we do a lot of subcontracting, I do have employees as well that do carpentry, some tile work. I used to, I used to install tile myself years ago. Okay. So most of guys know how to install tile, but uh, we also sub out a lot of tile work as well. When we get busy, my, I, we try to, we try to lean on my own employees to do the carpentry cabinetry work to find cabinetry work, that sort of thing. So um, they, you know, the more my, you know, my personal employees can do, the more that can keep busy, right? I don't have to send them home when we're a little slow. So we can we can jump in and out of projects, having them do them compared to having a sub do it. So okay. I'm not too worried yet. I mean, it depends on the project. To be honest with you, the larger projects are probably the hardest because the new homes, new homes that have still been going on um, during all this, they that those did not stop. Permits were allowed for new home construction and inspections. It's just not interior remodeling. They, they, and they, so they were just still doing an exterior inspections, roof, but just anything inside the house, they stopped totally. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've got a, a comment here about the COVID and, and adjusting. Are, are you thinking about getting back or, or adding new construction to your, you know, kind of what you offer new construction building? I mean, it, 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 the one project that we did during COVID that we kept on was a new, it was a new house. Actually, it was a luxury garage. Um, and obviously, it was very convenient when we kept it going. We're actually pretty much done with it now. But um, that's only that project was only there because it was a past client. We've, um, we've, we've, I built houses. I built spec houses back in 2005, six, and seven. And, and kind of, I don't necessarily want to go into the spec house building. You know, uh, it's just too much risk okay. for the um, But um, if, if, I, if a client was looking for a new home, we would do it in a heartbeat. 
Um, but you know, that takes marketing and it takes ramping up. And I mean, we've got it on our website, but even when I talked to you and told you what I did, right. Kitchens, bathrooms, basements, additions, and sometimes new construction, even just, you know, the way you talk about your business, right. Is marketing, right? right. And so, yeah, I mean, we would definitely do new homes. I would have no problem with it, but it is, that is a long term. Someone called me today. We wouldn't start it for six months. I mean, by the time you get drawings and go back and forth and go through the design and go through the permits, right. three to six months at least. So yeah. that's not a quick job that we need to, you know, kitchens and baths, we can start pretty quick. Yeah. You know, it just takes a couple of weeks for permits. So um, I think that's probably why I didn't have a long, long backlog because I could start them quick, quickly. I could fill that in. We could be busy and, you know, we can get it while we can get it, you know, but we'll probably have to do that now. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I'm actually happy to hear you're you're staying focused on your niche, on your specialty. You're not, you know, you're not really veering off, you know, yet anyways, right? Um, and and you're really staying the course. I think that's that's going to prove, you know, I, I wish you the best. I, I believe in that model myself. Yeah, I mean, you, everyone's always heard the, the riches are in the niches, right? And so the more you can niche down, I think the more money you can charge personally, but at least with what I do, right? When, when someone calls me to do just tile work, we don't just do tile work. Um, I refer them to tile installers. You know, I'll, um, I'll refer them not to our subs because they they're, they're, they don't want to work directly with a client. They want to work directly with builders. Yeah. But, you know, the, the local tile shops, they have lists of subs. You know, I refer them to people that I've dealt with and that sort of thing. But um, as far as what we're concerned is we, we always tell people we are a design build. If you don't have design as part of it, it's probably not a good fit. If you don't have the organization of 10 or more subs, probably not a good fit. So occasionally I'll get past clients that'll ask for like, oh, we want to refinish our floor. And I'll say, well, you could probably find someone cheaper than us. And they're like, we just want you to do it. Mm -hmm. right? We trust you. We're fine paying a little bit more to have you do it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But most people just calling us out of the you know, website and stuff don't understand that. Don't understand the pains that go along with hiring a bad contractor. So, um, so they, you know, we just, we, honestly, we won't even go out to the house. We're just, you know, we're not going to, you know, it just doesn't make sense. We're going to waste our time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Bidding. You know, we don't bid. When people say, can you bid something? It's like, we're, we're a design build, meaning you're going to give us some money to even start the process. We'll give you an approximate price. Right. But if, I mean, we, we can't give you an exact price until you pick everything else out. So we need some money to design it and go through that process. Almost like an architect, you know, when you build a house or do an addition, you know, you can't really pricings until you have drawings. Same thing with what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. And I, I do want to get into your pricing model, kind of your transparency model of on your website. That's really one of the things that caught my eye when I was, you know, first checking out your website. I was, uh, you know, researching keywords, researching websites myself. I ran across your site and uh, I really like the way you have your pricing um, set, you know, and, and they're nice round numbers. You've got uh, low, mid and high range, you know, bathrooms and kitchens listed. Um, let's take a look here. I'm going to share my share my screen real quick. So here we are. I, I googled you know bathroom remodel Naperville, and if we scroll down a little, we can see you're you're right in this Google sweet spot where where the Google map you know brings you up. You're real close to Naperville. You're you're one of three listed, and you know what I noticed here is you've got 73 reviews and you've got five stars. I looked. You've only got one one star review from like six years ago. So congratulations on that. I know you did a lot of work to, to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's actually, I always tell people it's, it's actually good to have, sounds weird. It's actually good to have some bad reviews. Everyone's always worried about that, but as, right. long, as, you, as long as you address the reviews and I find that sometimes having bad reviews actually um, allows you to market 
to the people that are looking because you know everyone will look for that bad review and what you say in response can really i mean if someone says i wanted to buy like we don't do projects where people buy their own plumbing fixtures or buy their own tile and so you know someone if someone says they want them they they leave us a bad review because of that like you know he wouldn't even come out or whatever i'm like well we don't do that and so that's not the right fit for what we do so that's actually can market to the people and clarify what we do right so almost you can use sometimes bad reviews for faqs if you know what i mean you know so, um, yeah, yeah we, I mean, we really try hard, obviously. Reviews are an important part of our business. Yeah. No, it's a great conversation, actually. You know, we, we've been talking about it in some of the other groups on, on reviews uh, just this morning and yesterday, a couple, couple threads. And I, I agree with you. You know, it's good to have that, that couple lunatic clients because we all have them. And if they leave a bad review, sometimes people can read right through them. And even some, in some cases, there's a legitimate concern for a three or four star review. Uh, and, and responding to those people, having a conversation right publicly online is, is the best way to handle that. What other, uh, things are you doing on the, on the Google front to, to stay here, uh, like with Google, my business, and how do you get clients to give you reviews? Are you reaching out to them? Um, there's a couple things we've now made Google review our number one platform to get reviews. There's so many other websites, house.com, Angie's list, Yelp. Um, Google review is number one, just cause it helps the entire website. But, right. um, you know, we, we actually give bonuses to my staff for getting reviews. Mm -hmm. So, and we tell homeowners that, and when they sign the, when they sign a contract, um, I did actually I did a podcast a few years ago about this, just the process of how we get reviews. It's, 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 it's pretty detailed, meaning that we constantly talk about it with our clients. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when they sign the contract, I have, you know, we have a sheet that we go through of like, okay, you know, what's the name of your dog? What's the name of your kids? Where are we going to put a dumpster? Where are we going to put a porta potty? All that stuff. But um, one of them is saying at the end, you know, that at the end of the project, we're going to ask you for a review. And, and, and I said, we're, we're hope is that you are going to be blown away by the experience and you're going to feel guilty when you don't leave us a review. And, I said, and I'll say, I'll say that I said, and I, and I, I tell them, I said, my project managers, they get little bonuses based on the reviews you leave. So if you leave a review on Yelp and you leave a review in Google and you leave a review in Facebook, they get three times the amount of money. So it's not just one review for us, but if you, whatever you can do, be great. But all we're saying is that we're, you know, we're going to work our butt off to get that review. And so most of them go like, you know, they laugh and chuckle and like, oh, you can honestly, you do a great job. We'd love to do that for you. And so, you know, throughout the process, it's about building relationships. You know, at the end, when I come by, because I have project managers, I don't always go out to every single job. I actually have salespeople and designers too. So, but I, I'm normally the one coming by to take pictures at the end of the project, typically, or, you know, at the end to see how they did. And I'll remind them, say, hey, you know, and they, so we also have an email that the project managers, they'll, they'll say to them, hey, were you happy with how we took care of your project? Yeah, the and they're like, yeah, you did a great job. And they'll say, can I send you an email with some links to leave, give me some review, you know, review, leave a review for our company? And they're like, sure, go ahead. Well, you know, still a lot of them forget to get busy and they don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. I have had close friends that we do work for and they never gave us a review. Yeah. They loved us. They told me, we love you, but they just, you know, some people are just busy or they don't know what to write or, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I've heard the whole idea of literally telling them what to write. We don't, we don't do any of that. We want it to be genuine. You know, we don't put words in their mouth. You know, if they're, they're like, oh, you know, if they don't understand, say, look at our own reviews and you can, you know, other people leaving reviews and you can follow that. But we, we want it to be genuine. You know sure. what I mean? Um, all well, of this is about authenticity. 
I love the strategy, you know, complete transparency again, you know, from the start, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give our guys bonuses if they get it, you know, if, if you leave a review and uh, that's cool. Um, and, and it's, it's obviously working. I mean, your competitors right above you have like six and four reviews. So, you know, uh, yeah, I would say keep up the good work. Let's, let's dive into your website here. And I want to ask you a few questions. Um, on on your website right away you know it's a beautiful looking website uh, uh wordpress website um you've got a chat a chat box how does this chat box work for you is this paying off i was curious um we definitely have gotten more people get, we've gotten more leads from that for sure so i was struggling with getting people to sign up sign, um, fill out their information on our online contact form and we have had many uh, interpretations of that. We've had really short, like hardly fill out anything. We've had long form. We have multiple forms that, you know, different pages that people can fill out. But I definitely have gotten a lot more leads. So obviously I'm paying to get the people. I'm paying meaning using all of our, um, you know, SEO tactics to get them there. But um, it's actually pretty affordable for that chat. That's a real person. It's not a bot. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's a real person. They, they communicate back and forth with them. They don't, you know, that's not one of my staff people. It's a company that does that. But I have a, they have a script with commonly asked questions. And, you know, if they don't know the answer, they'll just say, honestly, I don't know the answer. We'll get back to you. I can have someone give you a call tomorrow, you know, or the next business day. And um, it's been good. It's definitely got, it increased the leads for sure from that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I would recommend it. it. You know, it slows down your website a little bit. Okay. It, you know, it has to load every time you go to the page. Right. But it's kind of a, you know, you're weighing the, the pros and cons of that. I still have, if you look at the lower right, I still have a form on that page as well. Right. And there's debate. We've talked about maybe removing that. You know, I'm not sure yet. I mean, uh, we're just trying to get people to take action and people can sit on my website a long time. There's a lot of content on there. Right. Um, and we have eBooks that they can sign up for. And then we send them a series of emails. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that people can do, but we're just trying to get them to reach out to us um, to at least have a conversation. Yeah. I, that was one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was your eBooks. Um, what is the thinking behind that and how has that paid off for you? Um, it, it, obviously we are about, it's content. Um, it's content marketing, right? You're trying to teach a client um, about the process. You're trying to be, you know, I'm, my goal, and I've had people tell me this when they, it's not every person, not everyone does a ton of research, but in, you know, when you're spending a hundred grand on any project, that's a lot of money, right? Sure. So it's usually, this is a long buy. I mean, people are sitting on my website today and then they'll go back next week and maybe talk to their wife or husband and say, you know, we need to do our bathroom. And then uh, they could log on. Well, let me show you this local guy. You know, there's tons of images, what he does, look at what he does. And you want to do some research, honey, can you go on there? And, you know, it can take months, right? I mean, it's, right. A, it's a slow, it's a slow process. This is not a, we're not a plumber, right? People need you right, right then, right. you know, right. It's a slow process. So anyway, um, we know that. So the more content, the more we can, the more we can educate a client, more likely for them to, to, you know, work with us. Yeah. So that's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually want, you know, the clients that are spending months you yeah. know, versus days or weeks uh, yeah. trying to think about, you know, how they're going to spend their money the right way because they're, they're getting ready to spend uh, a good amount of money. You know, speaking of money, let's jump over here to your pricing guide. You know, I really liked, you know, like I'm saying here, you know, you've got right up front, you know, remodeling costs, dollars and cents, and then you break it down between your three specialties you break down your process um, 
And if, if you go like bathroom is going to be the most relevant to my audience. Um, so if we go to the typical hall bath, you've got it, you know, five by eight, very typical across uh, all of our great states here. And, and so you've got it down to basic mid and upper and, and it starts at 25. And then of course there's no, there's no ceiling on those, but, uh, but you know, it gives somebody some, some good ideas. Uh, how long have you been advertising prices like this and what's the thinking on this and has it paid off? Well, I mean, five years, well, I mean, we've had them on there for five years. We, we update them yearly because um, uh -huh. prices go, they, prices never go down. It feels like, right. um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, so, and it's funny because I, I, this is this page on my website. I've gotten more calls from contractors around the nation in the last, you know, five years. <laughs> you know, they call me up wanting to do this. Okay. And then I, I've also, I'm involved in a national organization called Remodelers Advantage, which is like a, a mastermind like a round table style sure. organization. And then I get guys in those groups that absolutely hate it. They sure. absolutely hate this idea. And um, the way I, the, the biggest thing for me is that I get seven to 800 raw leads a year. Right. And I, I, we only go on maybe 125 of those appointments. Right. You know, there's a lot of people, tire kickers that have no idea. And they call us, um, obviously our, my website's very strong. So a lot of people get on our website, not knowing. And so we use it in our qualifying, right? When people are right. on the phone, we'll say, do you have, you know, you know, do you have a preliminary idea of cost? You know, do you have a budget range? You're trying to keep the project within. We try to help people keep you within that budget range if you want us to. And a lot of them are like, well, I have no idea what a bathroom costs. I'm like, well, let me send you our pricing guide. Or sometimes I'll say, let's go. Are you by a computer? Let's go on right now. Let's take a look. And that at least gives you a range. And I tell them it can be more than 35 grand. It can be a lot more depending on if you do some, something really, really fancy, you know? So really, this is just a good guide. And so a lot of people will get sticker shock from that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they'll be like, Oh, I was thinking 10, you right. know, I'm, I'm, and I'll say, it doesn't sound like we're the right fit. Right. Uh, you know, and we, you know, and they'll say, you know, yeah, maybe not. Or a lot of times what I'll say is, you know, we really wanted to spend 25. Okay. That means they want to be basic. And I said, oh, well, let's talk about what you want. We try to siphon through it. This is Your website is a big funnel. That's all that is, is a funnel mm -hmm. to find the 40 projects a year, you know, at, you know, 80 to 100 grand project average, 40 of those a year, and how we get them to the funnel as quickly as possible. And then in the meantime, help people. I mean, help people along the way, right? Um, you know, people go on our website. I've had people sign up through Facebook, our Facebook ads. They're like, yeah, I'd like to set up an appointment. Okay, well, I'll give you a call tomorrow. We can set up a time to meet. I always like to talk to people still through the process, even though more and more people are not wanting to talk on the phone. They just want us to come out. And so, you know, I'll say, well, I'll call you tomorrow and say, here's a couple good articles for you to find, for you to look at. Literally, you know, half hour later, they'll be like, yeah, we wanted to spend a lot less. We're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to look elsewhere or we're not going to do it. Whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. we thought it was a lot cheaper. You know, it educates people. That's all I'm trying to do. And we, unfortunately, and I've got two other designers and slash salespeople that meet with clients. I don't want to waste their time. Their time is valuable. I don't want them coming back to us and coming back to me and saying, I was, I was there for five minutes. They wanted to spend five grand on a full kitchen project, you know, or 15 grand. You know, so we, we're just trying to re reduce the, honestly, reduce the amount of runs up, you know, to the houses that we can. 
So um, we use this. Actually, we're using Zoom now, which is great about COVID. It's really pushed people. So if someone doesn't necessarily have the budget, maybe we don't think it's a good lead based on the responses, and they really want to talk to us, we'll set up a We'll set up a Zoom now instead of going out to their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do we do believe strongly that we sell way better and connect with clients in that relationship level by doing face to face. And so um, so we're still meeting face to face when we can, but if we can't, we can get on a screen with Zoom. But face to face in person, we're going to be more likely to sell a project, and because they'll connect with us. It's you know um, when if they have if if a homeowner has three Zoom calls. For a kitchen, right? What are they doing? They're they're mostly looking at numbers, right? Give me the numbers. Give me the numbers. What is the cost? And they're going to narrow things down based on price, not by by relationship. So, we still try to meet with people in person. Sure. Yeah. No. In person is is very critical. You know, it, and and you know, will probably always be necessary at some point in the relationship. But I love what you said about. Uh, did you say you get close to nine hundred leads? Uh, a seven, year? seven to eight hundred a year. Seven to eight hundred. And yeah. you're going on about 100 and 150, did you say? 100 and a quarter, yeah. 100 and a quarter. So what is that? About 15% you're actually going out to see? Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's maybe a little higher than that, but yeah, about 15 to that. 20%. So 15 to 20% of the actual phone calls, you're going, you're actually investing your time, your vehicle, your gas, uh, your money to go, um, to go meet them. What does that process look like? Are you, are you going out to pick up a deposit check? Are you selling a consultation fee or are you going out just because you believe there, there's a good chance they'll hire you? All of the above. (laughs) Basically is, you know, we have a three-step process. We do a preliminary. So we come out, no charge. We do the first appointment for no charge, but they're qualified. And, you know, we want to make sure that that's worth going out to their house, obviously. But um, you know, they'll meet, you know, kind of review, walk through the space. And um, once they walk through the space, they'll go through our process and say, okay, the next step, if you're wanting to get a preliminary design, I, I, and then give an approximate number, you know, typically kitchens like yours, it costs this, or, you know, we just finished a project that was, you know, 80 to a hundred or whatever it is, bathrooms, right. that was 30 to 40. And they'll, th- they'll pull up some pictures on their computer and show them what it is. And they'll say, if you want to get an idea of your space, of what it would look like, um, a, a professionally designed space, uh, we charge one to two percent in that first meeting. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar project, you know, a grand, sometimes only five hundred bucks. It's it's a loss leader for us. It's not like we actually still lose money on that, but we get some money out of their their pocketbook just to make sure that they're serious, that we're not spending a lot of time. Now lately, because of COVID, we've been doing those. If it's a good lead, we've been doing those first step for no cost, just trying to get back in. We can choose to do that, right? We can say right now we're running a sale and we're not, you know, we're not going to charge you. But so what, what that gives them is that we do a, 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 we use chief architect software that does really good 3D renderings and they measure out the space. And then, and then we invite them in our showroom and then they'll lay out some samples and color ideas. And, you know, it's, you're working with a professional designer. We've got, I got some amazing designers too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they show them design. We do, we give them some of these, we give them good, better, best kitchens. Um, we do a good, better, best, you know, where you can see the different ranges in price and say, Oh yeah, if you want level one countertops, it, it would be this. If you want level three, you know, so um, we've done that a little bit. Um, we're trying to get more of that with bathrooms, a little bit harder with bathrooms, especially with the hall bath. There's not a lot of range in price. Um, when we present that first step, it is a range still. It's not an exact price. I tell them we can't give you an exact price until we know exactly what you want. Um, and so what we do is we give them a, a written estimate at that point to the point where this this layout is approximately between this and this. 
And then if they say, oh, that looks really good. I mean, we like everything you came up with. We'll say, okay, the next step is give us 5%. That is a full design agreement where we spend two or three or four appointments with you, picking every selection, spending the time, adjusting the layout. And a kitchen is literally going through every single cabinet, um, you know, laying out where you want your silverware and where you want, like literally hand-holding. And we tell them, if you, as long as you sign within 14 days of us presenting the proposal, those two fees are credited from the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just a payment in the beginning. We're doing a ton of work. And, and then we get, you know, we, so we can get paid for that if you decide to walk. In the design agreement phase, we give them the drawings. In the discovery phase, that $500 to $1,000 phase, we don't give them drawings. We tell them you're paying for our, our ideas. Mm. And, um, and, and it, you know, you, we've got a lot of time that's locked up in way more than what we're charging you for. And um, but we want you to, we, we tell them we want you to be able to test drive us a little bit. Yep, drive yep. Um, and so, and so then, and then, you know, once they get going, we get going with the project if they sign the proposal. So Interesting. What, what, so once someone gets past kind of that first phase of giving you 500 or a thousand dollars, what, what is the percentage? Do you have a, do you know that number of, of the percentage of people who continue to work with you? It's definitely, it's definitely a, a, a fun, I don't have the exact stats, especially with lately with sure. what's going on. Sure. But, um, I mean, the, I will say if someone gives us a design agreement, it's like 90% that they sign with us. Okay. You know, that 5% is a lot of money. I mean, I would probably say discovery. If they've given us money, it's more and more like 40%, right? I mean, it's, it's very, we have a lot of design builds around here. It's a, it's a very, we have two of the largest design build firms in the nation. Yeah. I think the largest in the nation. So, um, and so it's just very competitive and, right. you know, they, they've got bigger showrooms than we do and a lot more money and 10 times more revenue, you know, bigger marketing budgets. So the competing with that, you know, at times is exhausting, but, um, I mean, they're, and they're good companies, which is good. It's good to have good companies that are co- competitors as well, I think. Um, but, um, but yeah, so you know, really what we're trying to do is connect with people beyond our design studio and the design we're trying to connect with, you know, have them connect with us. Yeah. That's how we sell it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the point there was, you know, typically once someone spends a, a few dollars with you, $500, you know, they're invested now. Now they're they're invested. That chance of them spending more money with you, a return client, is, it goes up, you know, like 40% for a few, for 500 bucks. But then once they get up to that second stage, they're really invested and, and that goes up to 90%, you know, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I love that strategy. And I think that's something very important to emphasize here is listen, you know, if, if you can get them to spend a little bit of money with them, with you, uh, even if it's 75 bucks for, for something or a hundred dollars, you know, that, that registers in their mind, they're already doing business with you. So that's, that's actually a, a great strategy, uh, and a, and a great reason to charge. Uh, you brought up, um, you brought up, uh, what's it called? <laughs> other other competitors, you know, very competitive market. Couple of really big names in your area. Let's talk about that just a little bit. I um, I, w- I do want to jump back to the site, but um, how are you standing out? What do you do differently to provide value to kind of you know to, for your clients so that they choose you rather than the larger name, the larger guy? It's probably the relationship. I mean, it really is. I mean, we. Um, as far as, as far as design, obviously we are, honestly, I've got some really good designers too, but I, I mean, they would say it's design. Yeah. 
But I would say, no, it's people connecting with them and like in wanting to work with them. I mean, I've built my business, been in business 20 years and get tons of referrals based on relationships. So it's, 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 it's not just obviously the honest guy, but actually connecting with people beyond the business transaction. It's them knowing who I am as a person, you know, my core beliefs, uh, my family. I mean, every year I send a Christmas cards, family Christmas cards to my past clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I want them to understand I'm still just a family like them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I always say that my love, I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of them on Facebook. And so I, you know, Christmas, good example, Christmas morning. I love seeing all of them using the kitchens, eating breakfast in the kitchen that I remodeled for, for their Christmas morning breakfast. You know what I mean? That stuff's, it's, it's that sort of stuff for us. I think that helps us some more. And, and the more I, I mean, I, I give an example, uh, 10, uh, eight years ago, I did a kitchen for someone that we, we became really good friends with my, and now my daughter is kind of blowing up in the music scene and he works for a music company and he connected us with a manager. And it's like, it's funny, those relationships with start out as business right. is now going to turn into be huge for my daughter in the right. future. Right. And so it, it's genuine who I am, right? Yeah. I want to connect with people. And if you're genuine with who you are and you want to connect, people want to connect with you. So. Yeah. I was checking out your Instagram uh, um, page and, and right there in, in your, um, icon the little you know the picture that never changes it's your face and that's pretty much uh across the board with with most of your marketing pretty much all your marketing your face is very present you've got videos on your website that we didn't even look at but you got videos with you just talking like a real person kind of explaining processes explaining who you are um and i just wanted to show my audience here for the larger master bathroom which is um I, I guess there's no square footage there, but we could say 150 square feet or something like that. It, it's basically with a tub, a separate shower, a vanity that's at least six feet long and a toilet or a toilet room. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And so these are starting at 50. And then of course, you know, upper level starts at 70 mid is at 60. So um, I just wanted to emphasize this. Uh, these are real numbers. I talked to contractors, you know, pretty much across the United States and contractors everywhere are, are you know, coming up with these kind of numbers. Uh, I like the fact that you put it out there. I want to talk a little bit um, about your, your competition, seeing these numbers. You said some people don't like it. Um, why? How are you coming up with these numbers? Are, are you basing it off of... Um, a national directory or are you basing it off of, uh, of, uh, your own experience? It's, it's our own. I mean, okay. you could look at, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the cost versus value report. Sure. Um, we can use that. I mean, I, uh, last year we, we, uh, did like 10 last year and earlier this year in January, we did like 10 workshops teaching people about how to hire a contractor and how to budget for a project, how much, kitchens costs, you know, the three levels of kitchen remodeling from cosmetic to full gutting and redesigning. And, um, I, you know, I, I definitely show them my price cost, you know, my, um, pricing guide, but I also talk to my cost versus value. Um, I also show them graphs of how prices have changed in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that graph always surprising people. Cause what happens is people go to a, a workshop like that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it in two years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me tell you the last two years, how the price has gone up. So just, if you wait, everything costs more. And, and so, you know, a hundred thousand dollar project, if it goes up 5% a year, that's 105 to hundred, you know, 105 next year. I mean, it literally is, is like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that um, it's all education. It's all trying to teach people. But that is our projects. The average job. I mean, there's some master baths that are 80, some that are 
in the in the fifties, but it's actually very difficult to get it into in forties for us now. It has to not have a, a freestanding tub or anything. It's got to be a little bit on the smaller side. It's, it's funny. A friend of mine it, it remodels in San Francisco, and those numbers are way higher than ours. Yeah, and then you go to Texas, and they're way less. You know sure, what I mean? So sure. we're probably the middle of the middle of the road, I think, in, in the in the country. I think maybe upper upper middle, but um, but yeah, that. So as far as the competition their price is going to be the same, right? I mean, in the end, I think also, I mean, I've had many people say they really like us having something like that online and they tend to trust us more. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the big companies, a lot of us, all, they, they may charge a little bit more than us, but a lot of them are very similar in pricing and it really depends on what they pick. You know what I mean? So. Aren't you, aren't you afraid of local competition seeing your prices and then undercutting you? What is your thought process there? Um, Local competition, meaning smaller company. When you say local, you mean uh, about just any company that's in our area that's our competition? Yeah, yeah, any, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not actually, um, because if someone's going to do that long enough, they'll be out of business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Is that I'm confident in what we charge, so I know the numbers very well. I, you know, I, I've learned I, because I joined Remodelers Advantage. They've been very helpful to understand what my numbers are, and you know, our goal in the end of the day is make a 10% net profit. After mm-hmm. all those numbers, mm-hmm. our goal is that, and that's a goal. It doesn't. We don't always hit that. And it, on every project, we watch our numbers very tightly. Um, and if we see that we're underpricing certain things or overpricing certain things, we will adjust them. Yeah. It's estimating science, right? It's, sure. it's making sure we're estimating correctly. So I know the numbers confidently, and, and we know our numbers. The smaller guys, the guys that are at the bottom of their pickup truck or other house, we don't even compete with them. It's a right. different experience. It's a different, I, I always say this, it's kind of like going to a really nice steak place and ordering a, a cheeseburger, right? Like a $20 cheeseburger steak. Place. You can go to McDonald's, right? And get it for $2. Or you can go to w- what we believe is us with the service and the ambience and the quality, all that is that, you know, people spend that money for a reason because they want all that. And so it's, it's just a different format. I think there's a place for everyone. You know what I mean? There's a place for everyone in the market. Not everyone wants that white glove experience, but there's a lot of people in our area where they both people are working. A lot of like we're dealing with doctors and lawyers and dentists where they're both slammed. They just want someone to do it right. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to trust someone and not worry about having to lose a bunch of money hiring the wrong person. So yeah, they want, our, they want one problem. name on the check. Not. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What, a um, what would you say to someone who's, working their way up. They, they kind of want to take it to the next level, do something like this, do something more, you know, white glove, you know, like you mentioned, um, what would you say to them, you know, how to get started kind of leveling up their business? So if you're talking about a company like mine compared to like a t- tile company, is that what you're asking me? Well, a lot of my audience do, do kind of bathroom remodels and, you know, they're looking to kind of expand and, and kind of level up and, and get to the point where they can get off, out of the field, out of the trucks, and in the office? Um, obviously, you need to find good people that you can hand things off to. But I would say that for, for me, the number one thing that I've seen in this industry that's made this industry very uh, disjointed is there's a lot of craftsmen that become business owners. Mm-hmm. They don't take up a craft of owning a business the same way they do installing tile, mm-hmm. right? They're probably amazing tile people. I mean, the the clients that they've had, maybe when they work for another, you know, another contractor before they open up their own business, they're like, you're an amazing tile installer. And, you know, they, 
they, you know, just had people gushing over them. And so when they open up their business, they immediately go to tile installing rather than saying, I need to learn how to run a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to learn to make sure that I'm charging enough money and be confident in whatever that is. And so if you want to take your business to the next level, 100% you need to understand the numbers and understand what you really need to charge. And then also you need, so I, the, the number one way to take your business from one spot to the next spot is literally creating a, I typically do an org chart. And a budget, right? Literally saying, okay, if I want to be a, let's say you're a million dollar company in revenue, and I want to be a five million dollar company, you lay out the people I'm going to need, the cost of each person, the overhead required, and say, okay, in that in that five million dollar company, we're probably going to have a bigger showroom, or maybe not. You know, we're going to have to have multiple you know salespeople. So you literally lay out what that looks like. And map it out that way and say, okay, how much of a marketing budget I'm going to need? And then you start that process in a slow process to that. I've had friends of mine that will do that with three different stages, create org charts and and, um, and budgets for three different stages, say from 1 million, 3 million, and 5 million. Yeah. So you start to plan that out and say, okay, if I have a $5 million company, I can't be production manager. I can't be a project manager. I have to be running everyone else. And, and okay, now I'm going to have to add a whatever, 60 grand, 70 grand, 80 grand, whatever that person costs onto mine. And some of that you don't know. And you try to, you ask other people, you, you get to know other people in the industry and you surround yourself with other people where you want to be. The more you can do, the more you can surround yourself with the guy that's at 5 million. I mean, with some of my competition locally, you know, the, the $30 million, I mean, I've had lunch with them, sat sure. down and talked to them, how they got to that stage. Smart. They were very open. And open on it because they know that most people won't take the time to do it, right? And he can literally map out right there in a conversation, do this, do this, do this. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem talking to people because most people won't do what it takes to get that level. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I've had, I mean, there was, in the last few years, I, I've gone and traveled. I'll go, whenever I go travel, I will I will call a local contractor and ask them if I can come by and meet them. Wow. I mean, a lot of it's through knowledge advantage. We have that connection, right? You're sure. an RA. Sure. They call RA knowledge advantage. And I'll go, can I just come by and spend an hour with you and pick your brain and tell me about the, your market and what your challenges are. And I'll try to help you and you try to help me. So, I mean, I, again, in a few years, probably have 15 of those. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I go to Florida every year at Christmas time. I visit a friend of mine that has a business in Naples. We, we become good friends. And, you know, I, wherever I go, I try to find someone. Because then I can learn what they're doing and go, okay, hmm, I like that or I don't like that, right? I, I mean, I, I, there, when I was building out our design studio, I went to a friend of mine and there's things I did not like about his design studio that at least said, okay, I don't want that. I want, I want this. I want this feeling and this experience to walk into our place that he did not have. And so the more you can surround yourself with people that are there, the more you can learn. And I think the problem with this industry is that everyone feels like they're doing it on their own. Right. Like, can't talk to anybody and right. maybe maybe locally you can't right we're all little competitors i get that a lot of well you are. just said you could though you sat down with the biggest you know contractors right i did yeah. um you know i think he had respect for me and i had respect for him and i just said i, want, I was very vulnerable i said i really would love to learn i know i can learn a lot from you and you're in a position and he's confident in his business right he's and hey, hey you had nothing to lose yeah yeah and so but even you know even on a smaller level if two smaller guys are that way yeah i can but go outside your, your your market. If you go, like we live in Illinois, if you go on a summer vacation to Michigan, call up a local guy up there and just say, I'm a contractor like you. I want, if you want to grab lunch, I'll buy you lunch. Yeah. You look like you have a company that's really cool. I saw your website. I'd love to pick your brain and develop a relationship. I mean, they, they may say no. Go call the next guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's all it takes. So um, I have definitely seen a trend going towards that 
with Facebook groups and communications. I mean, I have regular conversations where I'm in a, a Facebook group for a modeling or modeler community, it's called. And the concept of, you know, we're connecting and talking and, you know, you did this, how do you did that? And I'm always willing to give back because I'm always willing to learn from other people as well. So, yeah. I, I love so much about all that, you know, and that's one of the my favorite things about um, the NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association, which is relevant to my audience. Um, I can go to their board meetings three times a year, you know, throughout the country and sit in rooms with average guys like me who are doing two, three hundred a, a year, all the way up to the owners of the largest tile contractors in the United States. And, and they're they're an open book. Just like you said, they're, they're not, you know, that, that's one of the beauty about, you know, the nationwide thing, right? Is that you're not, you're not local competition. So of course you're an open book, but I, I especially love that story of you called up the biggest guy you could find in your area. And you said, Hey, I, I just really would love to learn from you. And he said, yeah, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Uh, He's a guys, guy. He really yeah. was a great guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, um, so yeah, I mean, when you, you want to connect with really good people. Yeah. No. So I'm very cautious about who I call. I'm not calling anybody, but right. you know, I, um, but yeah, you can connect with really good business people just to learn. I think most of the I've learned that most people that are successful rarely have people want to put in the work to get to their success. So, so they tend to want to help those people. Yeah, I experience yeah. Well, let's jump. Uh, we got a few more minutes here. Let's let's talk about your relationship with tile contractors. Someone asked, you know, you're a GC, you're you're subbing out work. Um, Someone even asked, why are you on this podcast here? And, you know, the point of this podcast is to connect people and learn and educate. And so you're hiring tile contractors. What are you looking for in that relationship? Um, what are you willing to spend more on when, when you're looking for tile contractors? I mean, any sub relationship, there's a combination, just like when a client calls me, right? Value of what I'm getting for, you know, the result, Right. Um, good example, a few years ago, this is maybe five years ago, we had a guy that was really cheap, great talk, talk amazing job, dirt cheap. And we were getting to the point where like, let's pay him more. Yeah. Right. Because we want him to get to our jobs. He's so cheap that if we pay him a little more and we'll say, we'll pay you more than anybody else, but you have to make us a priority. Um, he was a good craftsman and not a good business person. And so, uh, my thing is that it's just a balance there. You know, we have multiple tile normally we have one guy we use for, for things, right? We have a one plumber, one electrician, but tile, right. you know, because they get busy, they can't get to a job. We probably have three or four that we call at different times. And my, my own guys some, will do tile as well. Cause I used to do it. Mm -hmm. I love tile and installing tile. Actually. Uh, I haven't done it in years, but that was the one thing I enjoyed. But um, there's, there's a guy that in our in, in market, that's the most expensive, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, great at what he does. And we will use them occasionally, but we know that we may lose some money. I mean, we only have a certain amount of budget, right? right. And the whole, when we estimate a tile job, if, if we're going to lose some money, we're going to have to get it somewhere else, right? Mm. We're going to have to hire this other drywall guy that maybe is more cheaper that we're going to have to make sure he does a good job. Or, you know, like it's it's literally that that's the way it is, right? Right. And how, um, with, with tile people, it's all about um, the quality of what they're doing and if they're going to show up when they're supposed to show up, right? Um, get there when we need you to get there. And so what our belief is that we get a little bit of a value. It's a little cheaper for us. We make some money on it and you don't have to market yourself. You show up to the job, send us a bill. We're, I don't think we've ever had a tile guy bid a job. We know what they charge, right? Okay. We know what the typical charge. So literally go to the job, get it done. Maybe you'll meet with a homeowner for five minutes with us 
will be the liaison. You can, you're a craftsman, just do the job good, correctly, and, um, and then you can go home and you can send us a bill. Yeah. So even when we get a warranty call on tile, the reason why we the tile guys like working with it because we want to be a good contractor for tile guys as well. Right. There's a warranty call. There's grout missing. Something happened. A lot of times we will go back and fix that because we want them to, you know, if they're spending three hours driving to a place, fixing a little bit of grout, going back to the business, they're losing money, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, if that keeps up and keeps happening, obviously we're going to talk with them, but we normally deal with warranty calls first. We normally try to fix it without sending our subs, all of our subs, unless we have to. And so that we also try to be a good contractor as well. So they want to work for us. We pay like that. Honestly, we're probably the quickest paying you know, contractor in the area. They literally send us a bill up and check that day if they want it. Mm. So partly because I know that's for most of them, they're not as good at business, business, not everyone, but a lot of our subs are really good craftsmen, not as good at business. They don't want to deal with the marketing end, and they need that money right away. They tend to live, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And so that's an advantage to us. They want to work with us. We want to get them to work with us. So right. it's just that relationship back and forth where we find the, the value. We don't expect the cheapest. We mm-hmm. just expect value. You know what I mean? It's as yeah. simple as yeah. um, or we, we make that money because we do all that. Other we spent a bunch of money marketing this client, getting that client, again, narrowing from 800 leads down to 40 right. jobs a year, right? Yeah. And they don't have to do that. They just send us a bill and we get to get them a check. So that's really what it is for us is, is uh, making sure that we uh, are getting quality value and quality together. Yeah. yeah it, it always, you know, the bigger I grew my company, it, you know, it always surprised me. Um, as, as you're coming up in the, in the trades as an apprentice, you know, you're always thinking uh, I've seen it recently here. Uh, the, the saying you, my boss makes a dime, but gives me a nickel. So I'm going to spend his time like, you know, dragging my feet or whatever. And, you know, you, you kind of, you know, some apprentices have that mentality. Um, unfortunately, most of us did, you know, that, you know, like we looked at your prices, you know, 40, 50,000, large numbers, you know, large numbers. But what we didn't look at was your expense report and, and your overhead and your advertising budget and your marketing budget. And I thought it was interesting, you know, to, to be learning all these things as, you know, as I was growing my business. Um, and so there is that relationship that's mutually beneficial to a lot of people. Um, I encourage my audience if they can, if they're interested to build their own business, get their own work. Uh, but certainly having a good contractor to work for, and you do find them, it, it took me a long time to find a few contractors that actually valued what I was bringing to the table enough to uh, pay me the prices that covered my overhead and my employees. Um, it, but it can be done. And I, I think the best model for a subcontractor is to have a little bit of both, but some people do hundred percent subcontractor work. And so it's, it's relevant to have these conversations to kind of unbox, you know, what value you're looking for, um, and how they can kind of, you know, bring that value. So I appreciate your, your transparency. And, um, I do want to say, you know, uh, talking to Brian, I was, um, curious who built his website. It's, I, I looked into his website. It's a WordPress website. It ranks well. Um, you know, Brian, tell us about that. He said he, he, he's basically built himself in house, uh, to, to kind of save costs and to, really control that did you have some you know what was the reasoning there um i mean been, been it's 20 years i mean <laughs> my first website whatever 19 years 19 years ago or whatever was horrible <laughs> I, I actually you know there's a website you can go back and look at old websites i don't know if you knew that or not no. 
It's called the Wayback Machine. If you okay. type in Wayback Machine. So I looked at my website from like 20 years ago. It's so horrible. But uh, someone built it for me. It was, again, it was back in 1999 or 2000 or whatever. But um, so no, about five years ago, I worked with a, a, a marketing company. They uh, built out a website. I spent a lot of money, a lot of money on it. I wanted a, a very visual, I wanted a really cool business card, right? That's based a brochure website. Right. And with some education on it. And they spent a lot of time building it out. I did all the language on it. I told them what I wanted. And I sort of realized I'm kind of telling them what I wanted and they were just doing what I want. They built it custom. Mm-hmm. 15 grand, the cost was, was a lot of money. And when I got done, I'm like, all my SEO was tanking. Like I was not getting any calls. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, that's now you spend another four grand a month in Google ads. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't have that much money. Yeah. And I, I got pissed off. I finally got pissed off enough for the point where I, Actually, my wife can tell you the story. I went home. I'm like, I told her, I'm like, I am going to learn this on my own. I'm sick of living under. I mean, I kept going from, you know, uh, digital marketing engine to, to digital marketing. They all screwed me. You know what I mean? And what, there was no value to what they did. They did not put their heart and heart into my website. You know, they would charge me a ton of money. I mean, it's digital marketing people are expensive. I mean, there are some good ones out there, but I find for small business, it's really hard to find a value. I, I, I get people that call me up that are contractors all the time. They're like, Hey, can you refer me to someone? I'm like, no, that's why I did it. Right. I still have not found someone that is, um, that is going to be a good value for what you get. I'm not asking for free, just right. like a good file person. I want to go value, And I still have not found that. I mean, everyone's three grand a month for, you know, maybe a blog article a week and maybe some build out of citations and basic stuff that does not take that much money in a normal application, but they're all mm-hmm. charging over a hundred dollars an hour for their, their labor. And, you know, yeah. so um, for, for, for me, I finally said, I'm going to learn this. And then again, my wife can tell you every evening and every weekend I was on my computer learning it and understanding it and understanding what local SEO is different than national SEO and how to do keyword research and how to build local pages, everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, once I did that, I hired my first marketing coordinator and he didn't have any WordPress knowledge, but he had some backend knowledge of other website platforms. And so he learned WordPress and we decided to um, get off that cu- pay 15 grand, like a year or two later, I got off it. Uh, partly because I couldn't do anything with it. I could not add to it. I had to have them do everything. And so my number one suggestion to any small business, just use WordPress not mm-hmm. even personally, not even Wix. WordPress is the number one website. Mm-hmm. More people use WordPress than any other website. There's so many free plugins, you know, that you can do. I mean, or cheap plugins to add. I mean, that that um, I think it was sixty five bucks for that theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably a lot of theme. A lot of people use it. Um, you know, sixty five bucks. I built it on that platform. I mean, there's a lot of labor involved in it, right? You have sure. to build what you want. But you know, we laid it all out. He, you know, the, you know, the, my market coordinator was very, very smart, and we went back and forth, and we built it all out, and then we started building out a bunch of blog articles and a blog content. Now I, I get millions of people going to my website. Wow. I mean, you ask me about reviews. If you look at those reviews, there's a bunch of reviews on my Google review of people that have e- called me or emailed me and said, "Hey, I found a picture on your website. Can you tell me what tile that is?" I go and I spend some time doing that. I send them back and say. Hey, I researched it, found it. Here you go. Mm-hmm. They say, thank you. I can't believe you helped me. I really appreciate it. And I'll say, hey, can you leave us a Google review to help my local clients? And I'm telling be honest. Don't I tell them I just helped you. You're not a client of mine, you know. And they, I've I've gotten 30 re- uh, reviews from that alone. Wow. And so, um, you know, so it's trying to harness what I've I've accomplished with my website 
and try to help our local clients, you know, build local SEO as well. So anyway, I spent a lot of time learning it. You, if you want to learn digital marketing, it's all on the internet. Yeah, between yeah. the two, I mean, it's and most of it is free too. You can right. learn it all if you explore. Mm-hmm. So. And and how much time a week? <clears throat> excuse me. How much time a week are you spending now? Well, right now I'm still I'm training my new digital marketing person, so I'm still doing. We have we ha- we have a people in the Philippines. We have some um, W nine workers in the Philippines that spent that are full time working on blog articles right now. And so what I I do, I think I told you before, I do keyword research. We use Asana, which is like a to do list task, and so I set up articles, then they write and they get the images, all that stuff for it. And so I've created a process for that. So we're pump. My goal this year is to pump out an article, a work every one article per working day. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever two hundred and some working days in a year. By the end of the year, I'm trying to get a lot of content out there, and then next year I think we're going to rewrite a bunch of content, like optimize it and stuff. So yeah. um, just to get more traffic, because I do have ads on my website on my blog and so i'm making money off my website so basically it's to the point now where i'm making enough money where it pays for my local marketing budget oh really okay yeah i've gotten to the point now where all that work is kind of paying off and so our marketing budget um not including my marketing coordinator but the actual facebook and you know we're not doing answer list anymore but stuff like that yelp or if we're doing any type of paid um and in, in paying for them to the people that are writing the blogs, yeah, it's, it's offsetting that cost. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how many? How much do I work on that? On the marketing aspect, probably ten hours a week right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like to get it down to zero and, and get hand everything <laughs> off. Yeah, know, yeah, that'd be a good goal. I mean, I have, a, I have a love for it. I love, I love, I like the digital authority type web website where we can make money off it. So I do have some goals for that. But I mean, all of this is just understanding what works. And this and, is something. Like if I heard you right, this is something that's been like 15 years in the making to get your website to the point where it is today. And I would say five years. Oh, five years. 2015 is when they built out that website for 15 grand. Oh, okay. From that point on, I took it over. Um, and um, yeah, so it's, I mean, I, it's been about five years, but, and I don't have the time. I got to still run my business. Right. So I don't have time to spend, but you know, a lot of evenings I'll be looking and learning because I enjoy that. I, Honestly, YouTube with, you know, Amazon stick, a lot of times, I, you know, I put on my TV and instead of watching you know, Game of Thrones or whatever, I'm watching YouTube videos on how to learn yeah. how to do this better because it's always, right. it's evolving and changing. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, full transparency here. And, and the reason I'm having this conversation with you is I always tell people, um, you know, I, I have a website agency because that was one of the things I, I saw tile guys was lacking is, is none of the tile guys had websites because, and I say, Hey, they're easy to do. I've made them before. Um, it takes there easy is not the, really the right word. We, we just unpacked, you know, kind of the dedication that it takes to do it right and, and do it well. And it's very rare, um, to do it well. It's also very rare to spend five, even 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 and have a really good working website, uh, done for you. So that's kind of, the, the thinking when I started my agency, I, st- I, I partnered with a SEO guy. I knew tile. I knew keyword research. I, I kind of dabbled in that myself. And I thought, you know what, we're going to we're going to give this a go and, and do it. And, and even though I've made it comp- really affordable for tile contractors, um, I still say you can do it yourself. Uh, if you have more time than money, 
by all means do that. Or your business is to the point where you're sitting in the office 40 hours a week, by all means, dedicate time to your own marketing, your own sales, your own ads, because that's where you're really going to be the reach. But if you're still, you know, sticking your trawl in the bucket five, six days a week, you just don't have the time to do it. So don't do it half-heartedly, you know, um, figure out, you know, how, how you can, how you can do it. And so, you know, there well, is balance. One thing I want to say is that you, you know, sticking your child in the bucket is a good example. You asked about how to move to the next level, getting out of the field. Right. Probably the hardest thing for tile guys are just craftsmen. It's you, it's letting go of not being perfect, meaning hiring someone else that does a great job right. by not over their shoulder going, you didn't do this little detail. You didn't do this little detail. You can certainly tell them how to do it better next time. But um, I don't sit there and critique my staff every single second of the day. I allow them to be, you know, they're smart people. I hire them. If they're, if they're not doing a good job, I'll certainly talk to them. But sure. that's the hardest thing that I found for craftsmen is to leave the field and go, I could have done that better. Right. I could have done that. You know, they look at a tile job and go, Oh my gosh, look at the gap there. And this, and the homeowner loves it. The yeah. homeowner's like, it's amazing, but they're like picking apart every little detail. I, I have that disease. I call it it's a disease for a long time right. where I would look through other people's work and my, and my, my, my guys and I would pick it apart and I just don't do it anymore because if the homeowner's happy, that's all that matters. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's the hardest thing is to let go and say, uh, I'm going to let, I'm going to hire a couple of people to do tile and I'm going to build my business and do it that way. And most, a lot of people struggle with that. For yeah. Sure. No, perfection is the enemy of great <laughs> and we can never be perfect, but we can be great. And, uh, tile guys are, you know, are diseased. Uh, most of, most of us are perfectionists. I, I myself don't really consider a perfectionist. Uh, a lot of tile guys, they won't even install or, or they hate installing like handmade tiles because, because of how imperfect, you know, by nature it is, but that's what the customer wants. And I, I personally love it because it, it means I can, I can do it right, but I can go fast and, and make some money. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're a bit, you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? By nature, right? Right. Uh, so there's a difference between business owner and craftsman. Yeah. And it, it's a hard mentality, right? A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of craftsmen should probably just be working for a company, making good money and go home every night rather than trying to do it on their own. But a lot of people like that freedom and think they have that freedom. So I yeah, it. yeah, it is, it is a problem in, in our industry. And I, I encourage uh, people, Hey, that's one of the things I'm, I'm attempting to do with this podcast format is, is highlight companies who are ready and willing to pay a, a living wage with, uh, with insurance and benefits, paid vacation and stuff. Cause we need more companies like that because I think more people would actually work for someone if there was more, uh, Tile, larger tile contractor companies like that. So, not a lot. There's not a lot though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Side the larger side tile companies. They're all small in my area. They're all just jointed. I mean, like one or two employees of their own, just doing it themselves. So it's really common. It's really common, and and I think it's hurt our trade more than it's helped. So, but you know, tile is an art, and it lends itself to you know what are you going to do? <laughs> you got to control your art, and so it's an interesting balance. But. uh it's an interesting balance. So, well, listen, Brian, I really appreciate it. You've, uh, you've delivered a lot of value. I appreciate your transparent, you know, uh, way of doing business. Uh, and a lot of the things you talked about are going to help a lot of people. So, uh, appreciate you. I'll, I'll probably be reaching out to you in the future and picking your brain from time to time. Sure. I'm always here. I'd love to, love to talk again. All right, Brian, have a good afternoon. Uh, talk to you later tile friends, stay profitable out there. All right, Tile friends, I hope you really enjoyed that interview. Uh, I, I felt like Brian really delivered us a lot of knowledge, a lot of 
good information on websites and you know websites is something as you know as you've heard me talk about it's something it's it's an easy thing to get into you know as we talked about um you can build it for free you can do different things if you have a lot of time on your hands for sure if not if you don't have time and you're struggling check out my website agency happytileguy.com we're building websites specifically for tile contractors and writing copy uh, by yours truly a tile contractor and really looking uh, to improve the seo that's one of the the most uh, important things that brian has done for his website if you notice he's really gotten a lot of years of writing content and it's all about the content google likes to scrub those websites with their bots and and find content tile words uh, construction words uh, words that homeowners are searching for and so that's what we're focused on we're currently uh, adding to our library every week with uh, blog posts that you can upload to your website really easy uh, if you're a happy tile guy member so check out happy tile guy get yourself a website uh, until then friends uh, talk to you next week and stay profitable out there